The following program may contain views, ideas, and opinions that have been produced by the hosts and their guests and are not reflective of Quixie 98.3 or Sky Tower Communications. For questions, comments, and concerns, email us at news at wqxe.com. Good morning, I'm Zach Epperson. Recently, the city council in Elizabethtown approved the city's new comprehensive plan. Dubbed Envision Elizabethtown 2040, this plan covers a multitude of steps that the city can take in the coming 20 years, continue to grow and develop. And on the phone this morning, we have the city planner, Aaron Hawkins, to talk with us about the comprehensive plan and what exactly it is. So we've got you on the phone to talk about the uh, comprehensive plan the city recently just approved. The city council uh, just approved uh, Envision Elizabethtown 2040 is what uh, people are calling it. So right out of the gate, what is a comprehensive plan? Not specific just to E-Town, but in general, what is a comprehensive plan? What's the purpose? So, so a comprehensive plan is a document that state law requires um, uh, anybody that has planning and zoning, any uh, city or county that has planning and zoning to uh, adopt. And it is basically a document that guides um, the long-range goals and objectives of the city, um, in our instance, the, the city of Elizabethtown. And it's, so it's basically our guiding document that um, shows us how uh, property should be developed and how the city should be developed. And um, it just helps us look at um, when proposals are sent in, um, that's the document that we use uh, as a planning staff to to figure out if that's the best use of the land and if and and how we should go from there. So specifically uh, in Elizabethtown's case, why uh, did Elizabethtown need a comprehensive plan? Was the old one outdated? Uh, did they have an, another a comprehensive plan before this? What's the situation on that? Sure. So state law says that we have to adopt a new comprehensive plan every twenty years. And inside of that 20 years, you have to do updates every five years. So the comprehensive plan we were working off of was adopted in 2004. So it was about 16 years into it. So technically, we hadn't met that uh, 20-year period yet. But um, as anybody who's been here, you know, any long period of time, you can you know the changes that this community has undergone. You know, uh, major changes in the last 10 years alone. So that comprehensive plan really was outdated and didn't fit um, the, the current makeup of this community. So the, the Planning Commission, um, especially the Chair Steve Rice, has really been pushing for the last couple of years to get a new comprehensive plan. Um, and the council, you know, agreed and said, um, we want to move through with the process, even though we're a few years early, to do a major update and rewrite of the comp plan. So, um so we went ahead and and got the approval, and uh, they budgeted for a new comprehensive plan. So, um, yeah, we got one a few years early again, like I said, but um, it was much it was um, it was needed, and um, I think it's going to really give us the ability and the flexibility to, um, you know, bring E Town even farther into um, the future. And I know you mentioned that uh, in just in the past several years, you can look around E-Town and notice the changes that have taken place. Um, and you said that, you know, there have been people there who had been pushing for a new comprehensive plan. Was there ever, was there a singular moment when they knew that, yeah, we're going to have to move ahead with this? Or was it just kind of a, a collection of things? No, I mean, it, it, I don't I don't know that there was one specific moment. But in our instance, what we see um, when you know that the current comprehensive plan isn't, 
really indicative of how the community um, is made up today is the number of zoning requests or zoning change requests that we get, or as we call MAP amendments. Um, if the if the comprehensive plan is current and really reflects the makeup, then you really shouldn't see um, a large number of requests to do zone changes because um, you know that that says that um, the the land use map or the future land use map that the comprehensive plan has is is pretty um, indicative of of how the the land use should be um utilized and used but we over the last probably three or four years we've started to see an uptick of, of requests and that that really just told us that you know this thing is outdated and um for instance um you know development has really gone started pushing south on ring road um you know past um, um patriot parkway so when the when the previous comp plan uh, was written you know it showed that area along the corridor as as commercial, but the rest of it on the outskirts was really more um, suburban residential, which is our lowest density um, residential category. But now you've seen the whole Robinbrook development um, come into play. You have uh, multifamily uses there. You have some commercial uses. So um, we really started to see um, some push uh, for development on the outskirts of town. Um, so the, the the current comp plan just just didn't really identify with that development, and it was hard to when when people would request um, you know zone changes because that that's the developmental pattern. It really is hard to apply the current comp plan to that because um, you know 20 years ago or 15 16 years ago it was really hard to see how that was going to develop at that time. So um, developmental trends have kind of taken it different directions. So it was just, it was needed and it was time. Absolutely. So let's get to the process itself. When did this whole process begin and who was the group tasked with crafting this plan? Okay. Yeah. So um, the process really began about two years ago. Um, the The council started um, looking at putting it in the budget to, to do a, uh, a major update so um, once we got the approval from the council, we put a bid out for um, um, applications and, and, and um, firms to, to do the comp plan. And we had, I think, oh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, about seven or eight firms that submitted um, uh, applications. And um, we, we looked at those um, as a staff first, and then the, the, um, the mayor appointed a um a steering committee to to help us look at this and pick a uh, a firm to do that and and he picked um a steering committee that was uh, what what we thought was a good makeup of the community in in general um it was um it was a it was a committee that was indicative of um both the demographics and um a good representation of the community so we had a good steering committee um and so the steering committee got together and and we um, we interviewed, uh, narrowed the the choices down to three or four firms, and we interviewed those firms. And once um, once uh, we made that decision, we hired Taylor Seifker Williams. They're a planning firm out of Louisville and Indianapolis. Um, the the Louisville branch is the ones who did this um, this uh, project, and it was headlined by Amy Williams. She's a principal from that firm, and so they're the ones that were the the main. Um, firm that 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 helped us write the plan um, we had some they had some sub um, sub contractors that that helped out some um, engineers and that did different 
uh, aspects of the plan, but the TSW was the main um, firm that that wrote the plan, and then um, the the staff, planning staff here at City Hall, uh, worked hand in hand with them and um, reviewed the reviewed the the uh, plan that was submitted and helped um, give them input and so forth. So with a plan like this, I mean, you're looking at, you know, an entire city, so there's a lot of things to consider. So how was uh, data and information compiled and collected for this? So that was, uh, TSW was the ones ones who compiled all the data. So the very first step was to get um, all the community, the, the makeup and the data for that, um, and the demographic analysis. So, um, and then when they when they did that, um, and got that analysis to us. We looked at that with the steering committee, and they went over it, um, you know, um, page by page, and and talked about, and, you know, the makeup of the community and how it has changed from the previous comp plan to what it is today. Um, but uh, it, it was a mixture of the the TSW firm and also the the subgroups that they hired out to um, to to do um, all that demographic analysis. So and we've talked about, you've mentioned the community a lot, and they've been involved in some way, shape, or form. But mm-hmm. how did you all, you know, help get the community involved in this? Was it, you know, indirectly or direct involvement, or how, how did that work? No, you know, state law says that when you do a comp plan update or you do a major um, rewrite of the comp plan, public involvement is one major component um, of any comp plan. So we had to have, you know, that public engagement. And so TSW... Um, they, they've done several comp plans over the last several years throughout the state of Kentucky, and that was one of the reasons they were so attractive is they have um, plenty of experience inside the state writing comp plans. So um, they had some different ways to try to get um, that public involvement. You know, Typically what people think of with public involvement is you have a public meeting, say we have it at the state theater, and say we're open from 5 to 7, come and give your input. Well, that's not always... Um, that's not always the easiest way for some people, whether it be work schedules, family life, or whatnot, to to give their involvement. So we tried to figure out ways to get people involved other than your standard public meeting, which, you know, we had public meetings. We had um, several public meetings throughout the process um, to give people the opportunity to come down and and talk to both planning staff, um, the planning firm that we hired, and also city council representatives that were on site. Um, but we also had a few different things. We had uh, a website that TSW created for us that had surveys that you can go and, and you can log on anywhere and, and give your input with uh, survey questions. We had a mobile display that um, the the planning staff took around to different businesses throughout the time. And it was basically a display board that you could um, – you could um, had different maps on it where you could you could mark locations that you said you know we want to see this development in this site or we think this this use is needed in in the community or we think you know um, this transportation mode is lacking and we want to see that um, more implemented in the community so it was a way for people for us to reach people in mass settings that you know typically um, we haven't done in the past. So we, we try to come up with different ways to get involvement and we were, we were pretty happy with the public involvement that we got. Absolutely. So after, you know, you guys and the firm you all hired, after you get the data and the information, how is that presented or how was it presented to the community and the other stakeholders involved? Yeah. So the, the, the main way again is, um, the website, 
um, really, they, they put all that information out there and anybody could look, could log on and, and look at that, um, the data. Um, and then also, um, and then, um, also we really pushed it out on Facebook and social media, um, through the city's account. And then the planning staff also, um, created a Facebook account to try to push out. Um, we tried to reach as many, um, outlets as possible. And then, um, in terms of actually looking at the digging deep into the data, you know, the public the public meetings were great for that because the planning firm was there on site and they they would answer questions, they would talk to people face to face. So that that was really um, the three ways that we tried to get that information out. So when all was said and done, what conclusion or determination was made at the end of the process when you've got this new comprehensive plan for the city? What direction was the city looking at? Uh, the, the the main difference with the previous comp plan and the current one and the direction it's going to take us is um, we really tried to build off the old comp plan because it was well written and it was very functional for for what we needed for as a as a city standpoint. But again, like we said, it was outdated. So the the direction that this new comp plan is going to take us is um, we, we still kind of, like like I said, have the same, the same idea and the same function, but we're looking more at um, specific plan themes. Um, so we, we broke up the comp plan into four different plan themes, and that was um, sustainable growth, healthy lifestyles, a strong legacy, and active commerce. And then inside of those four themes, there are sub-themes. So, um, for instance, in healthy lifestyles, we talk about parks and recreation, health and wellness, and and how do we um, need to look at parks and recreation in the future, and and are there things that we need to do to um, increase our um, accessibility to parks and recreation with the community and, and so forth. And then in active commerce, we look at workforce development and workforce attraction, because as we know, any any community um, you're not going to grow if you don't have a healthy, active uh, workforce and active commerce. So um, that's an example of, of how the comp plan is meant to um, kind of guide the, the city in, in the next 20 years. Um, but other than that, the, the, the big difference of the old one and the, the, the new comp plan are the, what we call action steps. So um, the firm actually created 147 action steps, which are meant to give us specific direction and, you know, essentially a box to check and say, you know, we need to do this next. And this is, this is the process we need to do. These are the agencies that we need to involve in this. So instead of saying the planning staff is going to do everything or, um, you know, the, the, the city hall is going to, going to handle everything, we're, each action step has different agencies that are supposed to be involved and 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 to to push forward through this and one of those um you know say one might have um the health department might be involved so we might have to get the health department along with um, the planning staff but um all those action steps will involve um all the city all the city departments as well as again some outside agencies so that's that's really the the main differences um and, and hopefully those action steps and and being able to break this down into the plan themes where we can look at specific areas of of um, the city will help us move this forward in the next 20 years. That's a great answer because it went right into my next question. <laughs> Hopefully um, I killed two birds there. There you go. Might have. So I'll go ahead and ask it, though. So like you said, it's a very detailed plan. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's great. So what is the implementation process for those steps? And can we expect to see any of those in the near future for the city? 
so the action steps are really broken down into short-term, long-term, and medium-term, I guess, priorities, so to speak. So, you know, I said there was 147 action um, steps. 22 of those are are ongoing activities. Um, So, for instance, constantly uh, reviewing the zoning ordinance and the subdivision regulations um, to, to encourage flexibility in terms of development and make sure those are um, are um, you know applicable to how things are being developed at that time. So in 10 years, things might be different around here than they are today. So it just is telling us that we need to constantly start looking at um, those documents to make sure they're up to date and um, and and useful in terms of development. Um, the remainder of those um, action steps, again, are ranked high, medium, and low priorities. So it, it really just depends on um, what the step itself is. Um, but they're, they're the, the, the high priority ones are the ones, again, that um, both the, the steering committee and the city council looked at and said, these are the things that we want to concentrate on um, and really try to get those done in the next three to five years, so to speak. And then, you know, the low priorities are things, you know, they, they might be important, but we really don't need to look at those right now. We might look at those in seven to 10 years down the road. So, Absolutely. Great information and a great plan. Aaron Hawkins, city planner uh, in the city of Elizabethtown. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. For a recap of today's forum or to listen to past forums, you can go to our website, wqxe.com, and click on the media tab. For Quixie 98.3, I'm Zach Epperson.